you know what? I don't want to be as good as you. I want to be far better than you. I want to fucking eclipse you, man. You know, the venom is real. <laughs> oh my God. You are talking to a double whammy, right? A female and an Asian in the white boys club. My dyslexia is my secret weapon and yeah. I use it every day. Welcome to The Imposterous. The Imposterous is hosted by me, Graham Drew, and Michael Knox. Two rather insecure frauds who will be exploring the motivating and debilitating experiences we all have with imposter syndrome. With a sneaky suspicion that it might just be your superpower, if you let it. My book was terrible. I, I mean, I showed him my poetry. I want to die. I want, I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like, you showed Graham Morse of your poetry. So I'm going to welcome back all the fellow frauds and potential pretenders to the imposterous. And as you know, the imposterous is taking a look at whether imposter syndrome is something that holds people back or pushes them forward or whether it's just a sign of growth and that we should all just get on with it. And we're hoping to find balance by talking to some truly great people. And today we are joined by one of those, Joachim Borgström whose name I promised myself I wouldn't stumble on, but probably did, but who people know as Jab. Welcome, Jab. Welcome to The Imposterous. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, it's fantastic thank you, to have you. you here. Really great to have you here. So, Jab, you are the worldwide chief creative officer of BBH, which when I say that, and I think when you were made that, I sent you a very emotional uh, emoji, which I don't regret, but at the time I thought that was a little bit over the top, lots of clapping hands and love hearts and things. But what a fantastic... Um, achievement and congratulations to you. You've got a brilliant background of some terrific work on some very enviable brands, The Guardian, Google, the Chevy Sonic, which you certainly launched, um, FIFA, how big can football get? And then the IKEA human catalogue, which we might talk a little bit about later. Can you describe what you see? Um, I would say uh, the dad is wearing glasses. The sun, I don't think so. On the Hemnes bookcase on the top, there's like a trumpet, then a little sculpture in bluish, darkish, and that's also wearing glasses. Wow. How did you manage to memorize all of that? But welcome to this. I'm just wondering, Jab, what it is about your background and your upbringing that helps you lead in a culture that you are in BBH that thrives on being different. Like, what is it about you that can survive in this culture of, and, and lead it to be different? Well, <clears throat> I think, um, I don't know, to be honest, the straight answer, I don't know. I think me personally, maybe I have some ingredients or different ingredients uh, that I'm quite proud about, right? So I'm, I'm obviously half Swedish and half Argentinian, and, and many people say that I have the worst of both worlds you know the worst of europe obviously sweden and the worst of south america is argentina so i'm the mix of you know two opposites you know i have the cold and i have the warm so it's quite interesting to have that inside me so in a way home at the moment is where i live and uh, i live currently in in um, in london but i obviously lived in singapore i lived in Amsterdam, I lived in, in San Francisco, I lived in Barcelona and, and Buenos Aires and in Stockholm. So I've been all around the world uh, and it's been quite amazing. And 
I think being having both cultures inside me and also being dyslexic, I think have helped me to just get on with it and adapt to every environment, adapt to every culture, adapt to every situation and adapt to advertising. I think, you know, what we do in our industry is just that, advertising. And and the, the most fun part of our jobs is using our creativity to solve problems, all sorts of problems. And uh, and that's the fun part. So um, I feel quite, uh, quite, quite happy and quite quite, uh, how do you say, um, I'm, I'm not honored, but I'm, I know that I'm privileged or we are privileged that we're working in, in this industry. So do you, have, do you ever find that in that, the, this idea of being different, that you can be not different enough or, or potentially too different, that there's this kind of, there's this balance when you're looking for the thing which is different, that people worry about that and think, oh, I'm just too different or, or I'm potentially like, I'm square i'm not different enough i think we're all different right and that's what's quite amazing about us as humans we're all different there's always something different in you and something different in me and something different in everyone that i work with and and i think that's quite amazing and different doesn't need to come and how you look and where you're from it's from your experience and from what you've done so every time i interview like new talent to to join uh, the agency I always ask them, or, or not ask them, but I'm more interested in what they're going to bring to the table, you know, and, and what they're going to do together with us, you know. So I want to bring in different minds and different people, you know, and different from different cultures to, to the agency. Because I know, as we all know, the more ingredients we have, the more opinions, the more the differences, the more interesting the answers are, right? So... So yeah, it's. I think we're all different, to be honest. Everybody's different. It's just I think you need to find that difference inside you, and maybe that's the thing that you need to think of and try to to put on the table and 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 be confident that that's what you are and that's what the things that you want to to work with and the things that you want to grow and potentially you know play with. Because what again, what, what we said before, or is like for me you know we are just in advertising we're playing all day long right it's not very serious you know what we do is not very important so so i'm not worried just embrace your difference whatever that difference is yeah and you talked about it before the many different cultures which i guess being you know if you did a dna test if you went to ancestry.com there'd be quite a an interesting patchwork quilt of the world of of where you're actually from and you know you're in london now where we're having this conversation from before that, you're in Singapore. What are your secrets to to fitting in? To be honest, I don't fit in, and that's what I I always played. I never fitted in, you know, anywhere. And it's it's like you know, and I don't pretend it. And I remember, to be honest, I lived 15 years in Barcelona. I studied in Barcelona, Spanish my first language. You know, I was living in the city, and I remember that I was used to get annoyed especially in the subway of Barcelona, sometimes they treated me as a tourist and they wanted to give me, as a courtesy, like the map of the city. It's like, hey, but I live here. You know, I'm, I'm like you. I maybe look different, but, you know, so that, that, it's quite funny, right, to be honest. And, and it's something that I normally play with personally. It's like, because I know I never fit in anywhere and, and I can fit in any anywhere. It's that I... I just use that as a pretext to ask a lot of dumb questions 
you know, that I maybe don't understand. And, and I think as a creative, that's a powerful weapon. If you just pretend that you don't know, even if you know, and ask all those stupid questions that nobody really dares to ask, you know, because they're too obvious. I ask them, I don't have any problem to do that. And, and, and I think it's quite interesting, you know, if, if you don't fit in, you ask those obvious questions that may people think and maybe will lead up changing something, you know, wherever I go. So, yeah. yeah it's a good, um, it's, it's a good <laughs> secret then. Don't worry about fitting in. Cause we talk about on here, you know, on, in, in some of these conversations we've had about imposter syndrome and people not really feeling like they're in the, I don't know, they, they're kind of out of their depth for a moment. And that moment, you know, might be a lifetime or that moment might be like 10 minutes before presenting some work, this idea of belonging. But it seems to be the case that there are a lot of more uh, confidence can be gained from not worrying about actually fitting in. And I wanted to ask you about confidence because yep. um, I worked with someone who was a big believer that creativity or advertising in particular was a confidence game that no matter how you know, how you're feeling, if you're feeling up, the work's up. You can see it actually in the work. But but that always, you know, isn't the way that it goes. And I just wondered for you, how do you cope with or give yourself advice or your team or the people you're working with or the agency, whatever that is, when things don't go to plan, how do you, how do you get back on that track of confidence? Yeah, so I think <clears throat> I have one example actually that, uh, that happened to me when I, you know, I started my career working in Barcelona 10 years as this digital agency called W and you, we were rocking the world, reinventing, uh, or not reinventing, actually inventing the interactive advertising, all these digital, you know, um, interactive you know, websites and, and microsites and all sorts of experiences. And it was an amazing time to be honest. And I was working in Spanish and then after 10 years, I decided to maybe it's time to do something else. And I wanted to, you know, travel the world and work all, you know, in, an, in the other side of the world. So, so I started to look up and, 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 and I got an opportunity actually to work in Amsterdam. So I didn't go very far, you know, from Barcelona to Amsterdam. But in Amsterdam, obviously, at Warren Kennedy, the language was English. And my English was a little bit rusty you know, never, you know, never worked in, in English. And, and obviously at that time, um, uh, Waddington Amsterdam was obviously this big TV agency, big print, big campaigns, but was not so much uh, interactive or digital. So I came in there to help to try to build that, that capability. And it was quite amazing. Uh, but obviously, um, I remember quite clearly that, uh, you know, being a creative director there, and trying to review a lot of TV scripts. And then in that agent at the time, you know, it's a lot of reading, a lot of reading quick and understanding the plot of the story, the story arcs and reading scripts. And I'm dyslexic and English is not my first language. So when I read a text, I, you know, I don't necessarily understand it. I need to read it two, three times or so. And that was a little bit uncomfortable to be honest, because I, I didn't understand it. And I, wanted to understand them and I was the creative director and I had to review a lot of a lot of ideas and a lot of a lot of scripts with my partner and 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 for me it took longer to understand that and it took a while for me to be able to find a way to just be quite honest and 
not have a problem to tell people that can you please read it to me you know if you read it to me i will understand it so and and now obviously uh, many years later i don't have any problems at all it's like you know, please tell me what the you know what the what the story is about read it to me if you read it i understand it if i need to read it myself you know will take a long time so you decide right so to be honest about your 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 the things that you're not so strong about i think that that is just good and yeah and and it helped me at least in my career to to do and it seems jab is not the only high achieving creative person with dyslexia there's also leonardo da vinci pablo picasso walt disney jim carrey Whoopi goldberg agatha christie and john lennon just to name a few yeah i think i think the interesting thing and you'll you'll know this better than me, but the dys- dyslexia enables you to see ideas within. Like you kind of you kind of complete the loops yourself. So so what is what what is a, a formulated story? You kind of want to get to the end of that yourself. So it's like a, a brilliant shortcut to to make that better. I'm sure that that's yeah. To be honest, I think my dyslexia is my secret weapon and yeah. I use it every day. It's amazing. So I, I don't read words. I'd see words. I can play with words. I do combinations, you know, and imagine that, you know, dyslexia, that's quite amazing for ideation. And then you add different languages, Spanish, Swedish, French, Catalan, all that mix here. In my It's like, this is like a melting pot of all sorts of random shit. Sorry. Yeah. That, that's yeah. coming out. And I think about and. And and I think that's the difference, and that's the, all the lateral thinking. It's really powerful when you are thinking, seeing things differently, and um, so I really embrace that, and I don't have any problems with it, and uh, and I think it's just fun. It's good. It's good yeah. when you realize that that actually is your is your weapon. Use it yeah. wisely. Uh, hold on, Jab. I've just got to do something. Yeah. So Steve, I had to leave Jab hanging because. Um, We've just racked up our 100th Instagram follower. I did notice that and I was very excited to see that, Noxy. So you would have noticed along the way, I think it was Nils said one of the most important things to do to beat imposter syndrome is to kind of collect the evidence of achievement. So I thought it was a great idea if we could get Nikki Martin underscore draws on to talk about what it's like now to be our hundred follower. Nikki, I've got to tell you, you've started something because we now have 106 followers. Wow. Wow. I must say I've got, you know, I'm like a real influencer because I'm on a thousand. (laughs) Well, you, you, yeah, spread the word. You'll, you'll help us out. So as a treat, what we thought we'd do is we'd like to ask you a question because that's what happens on this show. So we wanted to ask you, because we looked at your profile, you're an illustrator of note. If the imposterous were an animal, what would it be? And could you draw it for us? Yeah. So <laughs> I love that question. <laughs> um, it's, it's really cool. And um, I did think of kind of a couple of ideas because I think, like I said, with the, the imposter um, and different people like this, animal could be so many different things because so many people handle it in different ways. But I, I think the, the, the idea of the imposter um, and where I kind of started from was 
kind of the act of deceiving others so that you can kind of feel calm and confidence and um, kind of project that confidence into selling ideas or, or um, selling yourself. And um, yeah, so I came up with some cool ideas. Um, at first I was thinking about like a two headed beast because it's like the, the pros and the cons of an imposter. Um, but obviously like any um, kind of brainstorming uh, went online and I gurgled. <laughs> <laughs> I googled what's you know the kind of different names and um, the one fun thing that I quite like was um, the word humbug so I thought it could be like this really cute I'm just gonna I haven't scanned it in I'm just gonna show you yeah um, please that'd be great so, so this would be the humbug and um, it basically means to deceive or trick so he's not really an animal, he's more like an insect. Um, and as you can see here, he's kind of like got one of those, you know, those fake moustaches and noses on. And um, he is a bug, but he, he is like, um, yeah, just like a crazy little character. He's got like a hard outer shell. And I wrote it's in the Pantone of, of Can Lion Grand Prix Gold, which is U30504. <laughs> But what we'd like yeah. to do is we'd like, if you could finish that illustration, we'd like to put it, yeah, yeah. you know, to reward you for being our oh, hundredth, cool. you know, follower. As yeah. if that's not enough, I'm sure you've updated your LinkedIn profile to say you are the imposter oh, yeah. 100th follower. Um, so at Nikki Martin underscore draws, it's been great, but we have to go. We've got to get back to Jab. You just keep cool. following, no, mentioning, no. liking, sharing. You're doing great stuff. Awesome. No, it's great. Thank you. I will post them online and, and tag you. Thanks for having me. Please it's do. Great. Carry on doing awesome stuff. Great. Thank you very much, Noxy. Now I think we should get back to the podcast with Jack. I wanted to ask you about winning Yeah. Um, as a culture, as a business, as an industry. Yeah. We are hell-bent on winning. You know, we, we talk about – I remember working at an agency and I was told there are Three things you need to do around here. You need to win the respect of your clients. You need to win new business and you need to win awards. And I, and I wonder about, it's such a measurable thing. Like it's kind of like you get to the end of the year, whatever the time of, whatever the month is at the end of the year is, and you can kind of say this person has achieved these measurable results. Do you think that, and we talk about this idea of people not feeling like they're quite right. Are we too measured? Is there, are there too many measurements in, in what we actually do? So I think being competitive in our industry, a little bit, you know, healthy competition is good. I think it's, it's good because we, in a way we're competing with ideas to try to solve problems and that com competitiveness, I think it's great, right? Because then it works, it makes you work a little bit harder. And in a way, advertising is a sport, right? And, and you need to train to get better. You need to train and, and that training is good. I, I, Obviously, it's not maybe healthy to just, you know, try to win all the time. It's all about winning, winning, winning. But on the other hand, when you win, it feels great, right? So it's a little bit addictive, that winning kind of a feeling. And, and, and to be honest, I don't like to lose. I love to win. I don't really like to lose. But And when I see amazing ideas out there in the world, uh, you you get you're jealous right you wish you've done those you know and that's the best feeling there is right when you see amazing 
ideas that solve incredible problems that you never thought of. And, and there's always something new, right? And, and that's what, that's amazing. And, but then on the other side, there's this other side of the competition in our industry that we are looking inwards, you know, and we think awards is the most important thing. And we try to compete to get the most lions or whatever the award show in your country or region is. And it's all about counting the metals and getting there at, you know, for what, you know, doesn't really matter how you get there. Just try to get as many as you can. And then if you, you realize quite quickly when you actually step out of that loop or that vicious loop that nobody really knows or have seen any of the work that has been awarded in those shows. And it's like, that must mean something, right? It's like, you know, but I understand, right? I understand awards, I understand why, People want to win them. Win them. I understand. I totally understand it. But I, ne- I don't necessarily agree with it. Uh, but of course, I think we need to celebrate the the great work that is out there. But the, it's a game, right? And it's a game. And and I think not everybody's playing the game in the mm-hmm. same way, right? So, uh, so 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 that's the, another thing also for me for winning. I think uh, if you are an agency you know, in advertising, I think if you don't have that confidence of winning or that confidence that you can actually win any pitch or convince the client to buy that amazing idea that is very different, you know, then, you know, why are you working, right? It's like, why work in advertising or, you know, why, you know, that's the fun part, right? We need to be able to get in more business and convince them to buy those ideas that are amazing and if not we just turn into like a lawyer firm and we just serve the clients in whatever they want to do and i'm not interested in that i'm interested in and winning you know in a way winning people's hearts and winning the clients you know confidence trust right in, in a way to be able to do things that people care about to be able to produce work that people admire mm. that people talk about and at the end obviously that our industry recognizes and rewards that would be the ending so so yes going back to your question like you know this obsession of winning and trying to win all the time is probably not healthy but uh, i think for me has probably been one of those drivers that keeps me going you know i want to win and in the sense of winning having the best ideas out there and you know if not what am i doing here in the office you know yeah. why i'm here yeah. you know and I wanted, to, I wanted to ask you about, I guess, the, the, the flip of that, which is fear. And obviously the BBH black sheep positioning is one of the strongest in the markets, is one of the most simplest, is derived, derived from advertising in itself. In your Power of Difference video, which I watched in the lead up to this, because I, I have to know stuff, there's a fear tattoo. And, I'm, and, and part of the things that we touch on in, in The Impostress is the notion of fear. So I wanted to ask you to explain the power of fear or, or, or why there's that fear that's, that's a drive in you potentially or in the culture itself. Yeah, to be honest, you know, I think it's important to be a little bit scared or have a little bit of fear of what we're doing. And, and I think that is a really powerful weapon in a way, right? This, I think we should feel a little bit like that. If not, if everything would be easy, then 
that's not fun, right? So I, I of course, I fear. I, I'm, 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 I'm afraid of a lot of things, right? I'm afraid of missing out. I'm afraid of not having good ideas or afraid of not feeling great or, you know, but we shouldn't really be afraid. You know, this is just advertising. What we do is not really important in a way, right? And so it's, it's interesting, you know, I'm, 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 I'm afraid all the time to let people down. I'm afraid to lose my job. Maybe not. I'm not afraid of losing my job. I'm afraid of not having great ideas tomorrow. Not necessarily, because I know that there's always a way to come back. Um, but but I understand. I think you know, fear. It's it's a powerful thing to have because that I think motivates us and motivates me to just keep going. Um, but I can't really explain it either, right? It's 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 one of those things that exists there and uh, and it it pushes you forward. But to be honest, I'm not. Uh, you know, if you talk about fear of working for someone, let's say if you have a creative leader, a creative director, an ECD or CCO that is very, you know, that you're afraid of and the fear of working with someone or the team, I don't necessarily agree with that type of fear, you know, so it's it's very interesting. I think we're living in an, in a, in a, an amazing time right now where, you know, everything is to be done and to be rewritten and to be you know explored and then that you know stories combined with technology and passion and people it's all about people you know and putting the right people in the right place at the same time makes us invisible and that's a thing that i want to try to keep doing and that's what hegarty uh, started here many many years ago so it's great thank you jab thank you for coming on we have a saying on the imposterous which is you are creative you are loved and you belong so i leave you with that thank you thank you thank you for having me and yeah, see really you good. on the on the other side at some point thank you very much for listening to the imposterous apart from our fine imposterous guests none of this would have been possible without the help of the following wonderful frauds Firstly, Andrew Stevenson at We Love Jam Studios, best music and soundhouse in Australia. Without his help, this would have been a series of WhatsApp messages with emoji responses. And also Hilton Moday, who has graced us with his theme music that you're listening to now. If you would like to catch up on all the other podcasts in the Imposterous series, visit theimposterous.com. Here you can also get in touch with us via email.